NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Greetings, everyone. I'm Brian Ripley Crandall, and it's time for another episode of The Right Time, a special production of the National Writing Project in collaboration with children and young adult authors, the Connecticut Writing Project, and teachers and youth communities across the nation. A few weeks ago, Tanya Baker, my co-host, asked, how are we going to top the shows we've already done? What are we going to do in October? I bit my lip a little bit and then reached out to my author friend, Jerry Kraft, and asked, any interest in an interview? He actually looked for an eraser and tried to remove me from his life, but he's a friend of the Connecticut Writing Project, and it's a perfect way to celebrate him throughout our network, especially with his new book, Class Act, being released on October 6th today. Tanya, how excited are you right now that we have Jerry Kraft with us? You know, Brian, that when this book won a Newberry, I was like, what about Jerry Kraft? Can we get him? And I thought I was joking, like, what are the chances? And now I'm here. I've been telling everyone I know all week, I'm going to get to interview Jerry. <laughs> the National Writing Project Network loves New Kid, as obviously do so many other people. And we can't believe Class Act is about to drop, is going to drop today. And we get to talk to you about it. We're so excited to have you here. Teddy, you know, of all people that I'm always pinching myself and thanking the great for, for the great whatever for how these shows come to be. So here's a true story. The Connecticut Writing Project had a booth next to Jerry Kraft during an event at the Westport Public Library. And I watched him answer questions from a young man who was just passionately obsessed with his books. This was pre-New Kid. And I asked Jerry if he wanted to present at a middle school Writing Our Lives event I was hosting. He agreed. Fast forward a few years. Uh, this summer, a kid signs up for the Young Adult Literacy Labs, and I look, and I'm like, wait a second, you're that kid, you're that kid who loves <laughs> Jerry Craft, I know you. The kid was like, uh, huh, who are you? <laughs> After two weeks in Project Citizen, however, I realized this kid, Dere J. Tarrant, would be perfect for the right time, should the chance ever arrive. And guess what? It has! <laughs> it has. So let's talk a little bit about Jerry. Jerry Kraft is a New York Times bestselling and Newbery Medal winning author of the graphic novel, New Kid. I love it so much. His second graphic novel, Class Act, publishes today. Kraft is also the creator of Mama's Boys, an award-winning comic strip, which won the African-American Literary Award five times. He's co-founder of the Schoenberg Center's annual Black Comic Book Festival and he received his BFA from the School of Visual Arts. You know, I need to admit something to Jerry that he doesn't know about me, but I'm a super fan of Alex and the New Kid. He doesn't know that I too have a frog puppet that I carry <laughs> around with me. I don't, I don't name him Oscar, but sometimes he comes to class with me. So I just wanted to say, he wanted to meet Jerry Kraft. Hi, Jerry, how are you? Nice. Yeah. All right, so it's my pleasure to introduce <laughs> Derege Tarrant, right? He is a mad reader and writer who's often often told by his parents, his mom and dad, put that book down mm. at the dinner table. He is a proud eighth grade student where his current favorite subjects include creative writing, Latin, art, and biology. Derege is also a professional actor and can't wait for COVID to be over so he can get back to his frequent audition trips to New York City, where he has become a master at navigating the subway system. When not in the classroom or acting, Derege can be found skateboarding, chilling with friends, playing soccer, doing hip hop dance, practicing piano, spray painting murals, or working at his latest craft 
DJing. Where, when Dereje grows up, he'd like to write a screenplay, develop a fashion line, have a comedy special on Netflix, and solve the world's problems. If you're a kid who wants to talk about a cool book you just read, you can follow him on, him on Instagram at Dereje Tarrant. And I can tell you, all those career goals, I am 100% sure he will hit every single one of them. He's the Absolutely. Trevor Noah of the next generation. Because he obviously must not sleep ever. <laughs> no. I mean, thank you so much, Brian. That was such a nice intro. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I should be interviewing you. <laughs> That's what this is about. Nice. All right. Dereje, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, it's Tanya, Brian. It's really wonderful for you guys to have me here today and uh, to share the brilliance craft of Jerry Craft. Uh, before I ask some questions though, uh, for the writers at home, here are some prompts that you might, might want to respond to. Have you ever had to be the new kid? What was that like? When have you felt like a stranger to another place? How would you define class act? What makes someone classy, not so classy? What are your thoughts on graphic novels? Why aren't they just called novels? Nice. Love those prompts. <laughs> They're good. I'm going to definitely write about that later tonight. I think that would be a blog. Sorry, Dreja, are you ready for the interview? Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, we're Great. We're I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Brian and I are going to disappear and we'll leave. Bye. <laughs> Uh, hey, Mr. Kraft. Hey, good to uh, see you again. Yeah, great to see you too. I feel like I've been reading your books for forever. Uh, I have been. <laughs> um, all right, I think we're going to start off where the original Mama's Boys. Those are okay. the comics that I really fell in love with personally. Um, they were the first comics that I found that had black characters in it. And now that you've won the Newberry, the Coretta Scott King Award, and all the other awards that you've won, um, do you think it'll be easier for kids to find graphic novels with characters who look like them? You know, I, I hope so. Um, it's so funny because, you know, all the years of drawing, you always hope that no one copies you and no one emulates you. Now it's the opposite because I hope that there are more and more uh, artists that get the opportunity to do books like that. I had such a hard time you know, when, when uh, I mean, this is the first book. This is Mama's Boys as American as Sweet Potato Pie. And I published this actually before you were born. So this is 1997, because I never thought that I would be able to get traditionally published. And I always wanted to do family humor with African-American kids that, you know, like a lot of the books, and, and you and I have spoken about this. Um, I wasn't a reader as a kid because a lot of the books you know, had really rough stuff going on. You know, it was enslavement or civil rights, you know, and or gang shootings and, you know, police brutality. And that wasn't really my thing. I just wanted to do something where a kid like you could read it and laugh, you know, and learn some stuff, but, you know, mainly laugh. And um, so I'm hoping that by doing New Kid and then getting the critically, uh, critical acclaim, such as the one in the Newberry and Coretta Sky King and the Kirkus, and also consumer, you know, um, like sales, which a lot, that's what a lot of people like, um, that there will be more publishers that give 
people like the struggling me a chance to do books like this. So yes, I hope so very much. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Um, I think that growing up, like I've always had these amazing authors making books, but they've often, often been about, like you said, those kind of, yeah, depressing topics. And it's kind of a nice change of pace to see how like, um, as like a black male, how you could have like a really cool, like funny book about that. Right. And, um, and um, I'm so envious of you because like I said, I wasn't a reader, but I know hanging out with you at the Saugatuck Story Fest and seeing you taking pictures with Jason Reynolds and Nick Stone and E.B. Zaboy and people like that. That's like, wow, I never had that. Like, I never remember meeting uh, an author when I was a kid, you know, a couple of comic book guys way back, but, um, you know, like seeing like that, a Jason Reynolds or Kwame Alexander uh, and Eric Velasquez, people like that never happened. So the fact that I go from never having that to actually being one of those people uh, is still kind of, um, you know, when you talk about having to pinch yourself every once in a while to make sure it's real, that's kind of where I am. Yeah. Um, so I want to kind of dive into the characters of Mama's Boys. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I heard that Tyrell and Yusuf used to be best friends instead of brothers. And um, this is, I was always wondering, like, what made you do the switch? And also, how do you think those earlier creations in those cartoons influenced your books that you're creating now? So initially, so when I did this, so I, I had a book that was basically my comic strip was basically, it was called The Outside View. And it was about five or six friends, you know, that just kind of hung out. And I got a job at King Features and I met an editor named Paul Hendricks. And he was one of the few black editors in the comic book syndicate business, you know. And he said, yeah, you know, instead of friends, maybe you should, you know, think about making them brothers and bring a mom in. And I remember we went out to lunch and, we had, you know, talks about what would the mom do for a living, you know, and, and I didn't want to do a lot of like nurse or school teacher because I had seen that a lot with like black sitcoms. The, the moms are always nurses and school teachers. I wanted something different. It's okay. How about an independent bookstore? It's okay. That's pretty good. And so when it was just friends, it didn't really go anywhere. So I ended up doing, uh, Tyrell and Yusuf as brothers. And then I brought in mom and grandpa and Uncle Greg. And what's so interesting is over the years when I did that, right. So the one that you have is and the then, third yeah, book. You have all the other guys. Right. Yeah. So it started just with those guys, right? And then this is the second batch where I started adding more characters. But when you fast forward to New Kid, um, you know, it's funny that they are friends now. So now it really is more because Jordan is an only child and Drew is an only child. So it is kind of back to the just being friends, but the wholesomeness, you know, the humor, like one of the good things that I learned with Mama's Boys is, you know, when you write a comic strip, it's like panel, panel, gag, panel, panel, gag. So I was used to trying to make people laugh and have these funny punchlines. So when I did New Kid, I was used to putting in a lot of jokes and a lot of humor and setting you up and, you know, surprises and that kind of thing. 
And I think that's what a lot of kids gravitate to is that it is, you know, in their opinion, laugh out loud funny. And that for kids that have kind of gone through the Wimpy Kid series and kind of want like uh, a a longer book, but still having, um, you know, something funny to read about, then uh, I think that's why it was also amazing to get Jeff Kenny to write my cover blurb, you know? So I think that's a kind of a natural segue going into new kid, which has just been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons, honestly, why I love the book, because I feel like you like perfectly blended like that, like cartoon, like slapsticky kind of like punchline stuff with mm-hmm. like a storyline and all the flow of that, which is really, I, I just loved. Um, all right. So new kid. Yep. Uh, this is this is a huge book. All my friends are obsessed with it. Um, I was wondering, from the author perspective, do you have any takeaways that you want the reader to have when they're like about Jordan and his friends and like? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I aimed very high for is to have a lot of different readers. So, you know, I started with you. Okay, so I didn't want you to be me growing up in a book desert or a protagonist desert where there was no one that looked like you, you know. So I wanted you to be able to read that and make it through the whole book and go, wow, he looked like me and he had parents and people who love him and friends and nobody died in the book and, you know, nothing horrible happened. It's like, wow. So you could actually read the book and then, Whew. okay, now that I know nothing horrible is going to happen, I'm going to read it a second time and I'm going to look for other little details and things like that. So that was like the, the crucial thing. And then for your friends, you know, um, if you go to school and there are white friends who have never read books with black protagonists, or if they have, they have been those books where something bad happens, you know, to see a book, with characters like you and like hey he likes xbox and he likes to draw and he's just a regular kid you know so could it be that the is actually a regular kid too and not you know right you know exactly um so that kind of thing right so that's the the second audience then we're going into um teachers okay and and faculty so what do you do for black history month you know what do you do when you know you have an idea of what a black student is like but there are two different kinds or three different kinds so that's why i had jordan i had drew i had maury who had been in private school his whole life so had nothing in common with them i had his black friends around his neighborhood to show that it's not a single story narrative because so many times you see the one kid and his name is like, you know, in the book that I I parodied, you know, the mean seats of South Uptown. It's like, he's a kid and he's struggling and everything is mean and misery. Right. Grit. Right. The, a, was it the urban, the, the grit of today's urban grittiness. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) You know? And it's like, my life wasn't gritty, (laughs) you know? And so I wanted teachers to be able to say, oh, you know what? Let's give him Percy Jackson book. It doesn't always have to be, you know, one of these other books. Um, 
and you know parents and stuff like that so that's why i even put a lot of stuff for parents and and teachers and librarians there are jokes like certain movie references that only they will get that you might have had to ask your mom it's like what parody is this or what reference movie reference is this um so i really wanted as big an audience as humanly possible because together I want everyone to realize that the, the priority is you, you know? So the way that we talk to you, you know, I, I'm not going to just look at you and assume because you're an African-American boy that I have to speak harsher to you or I have to watch you. Or I have to like, you're at the end of the day, you're a kid who loves to skateboard and draw and paint and DJ and act and, you know, just an amazing kid and let you, be an amazing kid and give you your props. Thank you. Well, I appreciate your compliments. And also, <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense. And I think as a reader, at least I can say that I did take away a lot of the stuff you just said. Um, all right. So this one, this is a really interesting question that I have for you. I, I know you kind of personally, because I've met you before and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. But for the people that don't know you, in what way is Jordan Banks in New Kid like you and not like you? Um, and also, I'm just going to add a little bit more. Have you experienced some of the microaggressions that he has? Yeah. So a lot of me is Jordan Banks and a lot still is. So Jordan is basically a combination of me and my two sons, right? So I'm the one who wanted to be an artist. I'm the one whose parents did not want me to be an artist. And I did grow up in Washington Heights. So the, the house where Jordan lives is actually the house where I grew up. Um, so I lived on the top floor just like he did, you know, with my mom and my dad. Um, they did not let me go to art school. I had taken a test for music and art and art and design. They did not want me to go there because the term starving artist always scared them. They thought that I'd be living in their basement till I was 50 because I'd never be able to pay my own rent as an artist. Um, so they sent me to a school also in Riverdale, but it's called Fieldston and not Riverdale Academy Day School. Um, so a lot of that is based on me. More of the microaggressions and today's nuances came from watching my sons as their dad when they went to a school in New Canaan. So things like how the kids dress with the pastel colors and you know, maybe calling African-American teachers by the wrong names, you know, getting them mixed up for each other. Um, more well-meaning, but not necessarily having that always translate into well-doing. So they meant to do well, you know, uh, but it didn't always happen. So that's that. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff that still happens to me. Like I have gone to book sales at libraries and been watched because people think that I'm going to steal the books. And then I'll, I'll end up asking if they have my own book. And it's like, Oh, um, do you have new kid? Oh, do you know who the author is? Oh yeah. It's a great book. And one in Newberry. Oh, who's the author? I'm like, Oh, it's me. And then they, and then they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was about to call security on you, <laughs> you know? Um, or going into a school before some of the people know it's me and they think that I'm there to, you know, fix the copier or deliver Gino's pizza or something like that, you know, 
Um, I used to pick my sons up from their high schools uh, or go to see one of the games. They would always think that I was like the referee or something, but not a dad just going to see his kids. Um, so I think when, as an African-American in the country now, you almost never stop being Jordan Banks, you know? Um, and that's, that's actually on the, on the brighter end of the spectrum of just getting like, like some of these smaller things. Um, obviously it gets a lot more complicated. So I didn't want to have anything real heavy in this. Um, and the same will be for Class Act, which as we mentioned, today is the book birthday. It's launching today. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to get my hands on another copy of uh, Class Act. Um, so what I really loved in New Kid, I've loved many things obviously, but uh, you would have these little uh, scenes in it and, uh, and you, you talk about microaggressions, you talked about the books and another one, you also talked about code switching. Mm -hmm. um, and something I personally really loved was how you talked about these issues that needed to be talked about, but you talked about it in a comedic sense that wasn't that, like everybody could read. So um, uh, I wonder if you'd like to add on to that. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't want to, it wasn't my goal to humiliate anyone, you know? Um, so I didn't want to say, you know, to teachers, if you do this, that's wrong. And if you do that, because even for adults, if you shut them down, they don't work to be better. They become mean, you know? So if you say you do this and you do that, you know, it's like, yeah, but what about what you do? And you deserve it because of this, you know? I always say that my, my attitude with that was to kind of gently, like how you put your arm around a friend. It's like, hey, you know, when you do this, this is what happens. You may not mean it, but this is how it's perceived. So maybe moving forward and then just having to go, oh, okay. So let me actually ask you how to pronounce your name correctly, you know? um let me see where you're from and that that's not just for african-american kids that's like for your friends if they are korean don't always say that they're japanese or chinese and if they are from nicaragua that's different from being mexican you know so it's really about little nuances and little details that if someone is important to you that you take the time to actually remember it you know because i had the teacher always confusing two of the kids' names, two of the African-American kids. But then she can go into a Starbucks and mention a coffee that has like 14 names to it. You know, I'll have a mocha chino, froca chino, blah, 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 all these chinos, you know, and then say, oh, uh, DeAndre, can you come here? It's like, my name's not DeAndre, it's Drew. So, you know, the same respect that you'd give a coffee, I hope that they'd at least give to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can say that's happened to me. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking a lot about your books. Uh, but I'd, I'd kind of like to just ask about your work in a more general sense. Mm -hmm. um, when you're writing your graphic novels and comics, do you usually draw first or do you dialogue? You know, um, it's so funny because I never thought of myself as a writer when I was younger because I only drew and I, I guess I just assumed that you can't be a writer unless you're a reader. And I knew I didn't really like to read. Um, so now 
I kind of go right into, like I do my story arc and figure everything out, right? And then once I have that, I just go right into sketching, you know? And, um, you know, I'll write out some dialogue, but I, I never just write it out in prose, like I'm writing, you know, a prose book. I go right into, oh, in this page where Jordan sees Drew for the first time, I want this to happen. And then I'll figure out how many panels and I'll start sketching it in. And I work on double page spreads. So what that means is when I'm doing them, I actually lay it out two pages at a time. You know, so I'll say, okay, in this set, you know, Jordan and his friends are playing Xbox online, you know, and, you know, some panels I do bigger, some I do smaller, that kind of thing. Um, and I really practiced that. So like the first three Mama's Boys books were black and white. When I knew I was going to do New Kid, I turned Mama's Boys into a graphic novel in color. And that was the first time I did it because I really didn't know if I could do a 250 page graphic novel. It's gigantic. So I was like, well, if I do a 90 page graphic novel successfully, then I know that I could do a 250 page one. It may take three times as long, but at least I know that I could do it. So I put a lot of that stuff in the more of a positive mindset that you have, like I can do it as opposed to, eh, I think so. And that really gets me going. And then, you know, with, with the awards that new kid won really, really made me very confident and knowing that you and your friends would be looking for, huh? Huh? So for this one. So that really gave me the, you know, if ever I was sleepy and like, oh, I was like, you know, somewhere there's a kid who is counting down the days until this comes out and I'm going to get up and finish drawing it. So that's what happened. Uh, that's an admirable sense of motivation. Um, yeah. Um, so you have been obviously in quarantine, it's been slightly restricted, but you have been visiting a lot of schools and classrooms all over the country. Yeah. Um, and you've probably met and talked with a lot of kids. And what was the weirdest question a kid has asked you? Um, and it doesn't have to be like, when I say weird, it can be anything, you know? Well, you know what? One thing that was different, right? So whenever I sign books, I always draw one of the characters. And it's usually Jordan. And every character, oh, he drew Jordan. I drew a picture of Jordan, best wishes, you know, Jerry Craft. And I was in upstate New York, and one kid goes, can you draw Andy? <laughs> and, and Andy, you know, for those that don't know it, is seen as kind <laughs> of a bully or something, you know? Um, and so that was interesting. And then sometimes out of the blue, um, I was trying to think of where I was, maybe in Pennsylvania. And, you know, all these kids asking questions. And this one kid comes up. Yeah, Mr. Kraft, uh, can you 1v1 me? I'm like, what? 1v1. I'm like, you want to play me in basketball? He's like, yeah. You know, I was like, no, nah, I can't play. Look, I, I'm in a suit and tie. I, 
I'm about to do my thing. Oh, you scared? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jacket came off, tie came off, you know, and we went out to the court and one verse one on one, you know. So All yeah. right. I gotta ask, who won? Oh yeah, it, it was it was pretty brutal. He um he apologized afterwards. Because I mean also like, you know, he, oh, I was up in Boston, you know, and you know, I, I was born in New York. I'm a Nick fan, so even you know, I'm I'm in my mind. I'm doing Patrick Ewing versus Larry Bird. So there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I'm doing Knicks and Celtics. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I beat them. Which can't say I'm proud of, but yeah, I'm proud. Of. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We'll forgive you. Yeah, um, it's all good. So, as a kid, and I'm now still a kid, I've always loved the draw, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet there's many others out there watching. So do you have any advice for future artists, authors, or graphic novelists? Yeah, so when I draw, so first of all, you don't have to emulate somebody, right? So I did most of, well, mostly all of New Kid and um, Class Act on this Wacom tablet, right? So as I'm drawing here, I'm seeing the cursor move in Adobe Photoshop. So that's what's comfortable for me. But if that's not your thing, you know, you don't have to do that, you know. Um, one of the, the things that I see with a lot of kids is they will draw and they'll set out to do like, I'm going to do SpongeBob on a, a skateboard eating an ice cream. And they'll do two lines. Oh, I messed up. Boom. And they'll try to get and then they're erased. And, then, and by the third time, Throw the pencil out. Forget it. I'm like, listen, relax. It's not that serious. You know, like, this should be fun. You know, you're not being graded on it. You know, take your time. So a lot of kids have sketchbooks with like five, six pages on it. And then they go to the next sketchbook. Like, listen, finish the drawing. You got all these half drawings. So just see if you can get through and then like anything, the more you want to do it, the more you'll do it, the more you do it, the better you get. So relax, forgive yourself. It's okay to make mistakes. If I showed you, um, when I do school visits, I show comics that I made in the sixth grade just to show them, you know, me drawing Iron Man with no hands or hands behind his back, you know, just all contorted. But that was what I did. But I always wanted to get better. and you know, luckily I did. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, so I feel like all authors have like a way that they get past writer's block. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just curious what yours is. So it's actually quite easy because for me, I always say I don't get writer's block. And it's not to be arrogant or whatever, but the, the biggest secret, right. Well, the biggest secret is I never sit in front of a blank screen without already knowing what I'm going to do. Right. So for example, when I go out during the day, I feel like I'm a bee out gathering pollen, you know, and then when I come back, that's where I may turn into honey. Right. So as I'm going out, I may see 
you know, like one time, and this is years ago, you know, when the kids used to wear their pants hanging down, you know, six inches. And I was just like, wow, what would happen if he had to catch a bus? You know, and so, by, and then I thought of it during the day. So by the time I came home, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have this kid and his pants are hanging down and the bus comes and he's got his book bag and he starts running and running. And the more he runs, the lower his pants get. And right as he's about to get the bus, he trips and the school bag goes up and everything goes flying and the bus pulls off, you know? So by the time I sat down, I already had all of that worked out and it's just a matter of putting it down on the paper. Same thing with, um, you know, like now I'm working on part three of New Kid. So last night at 4 a.m., I'm drawing my story arc and I'm saying, oh, okay, so I'm going to have Jordan do this. I'm going to bring back Alexandra and little things. So when I really sit down to write it, I would just look at that like an outline and go, oh, here's the scene with Jordan and Alexandra. I'm going to do this. And then it just flows a lot more naturally. And then I know that it's okay to go back and rewrite it and redraw it and rewrite it and redraw it. It's not going to stay just like, it's not in cement, you know? So that helps a lot. Yeah, that, when you say it like that, sounds very smart. I got to try that. Um, so when you're... I know you're, you said earlier that you're not a huge fan of writing, at least when you're younger. So do you prefer your illustrative process uh, next to your writing process? I think now it's one and the same. Um, and it's so funny to have won the Newbery, which is for writing, uh, as opposed to Caldecott, which is for art. And you're winning like, oh, the- Oh, I just realized I was an author. <laughs> Yeah, right. And winning the Coretta Scott King Author Award as opposed to the Coretta Scott King Il Illustrator Award. So it's almost like, you know, being celebrated as an author and the illustration part was just like thrown in like, hey, you know, and oh, by the way, I drew this too, because a lot of people don't even realize that I did the artwork as well. They think that I just wrote it. Um, but like, I see you've got the offenders behind you. And that is a book on the other side. Yeah, That is a book of prose that I wrote. So I wrote with my sons and that is 200 pages of just mainly words. You know, there's some illustrations. Um, so I think between the two, I really like the graphic novel format. Like I, I wish it wasn't so labor intensive where like how I, I mean, it's amazing to me that New Kid came out last year and Class Act is coming out this year as opposed to like every two years or two and a half years. So I'm proud to be able to do that. I, I'm not promising that the next one will be out next year. You might have to give me two years on that one. Yeah, I think it's really impressive the speed you're cranking these out. Um, so I'm kind of, wrapping up my questions but i do have a very important one left for you man okay all right what inside info can you drop about class act okay so so okay so in class act um you know there is race but it is a little bit more about class and you know when jordan 
um, it, it's more about Drew. So it's their eighth grade year or uh, second form. And so they're all, you know, a year older. And there's a little bit more differentiation between the characters, meaning that Jordan and Drew realize that they're different. You know, Jordan is smaller and light skin and straight hair and always seen as more threatening. Drew had a little bit more of a growth spurt, you know, dark skin, nat dark skin, natural hair. So in some circles seen as a little bit more threatening. And where does Liam, their white friend, fit into this? Because Drew is really wondering, you know, yeah, he may be cool with Liam now, but when they're adults, you know, would an adult, the adult version of Liam still be friends with the adult version of Drew? And if not, are they wasting their time trying to be friends now? So there's a lot of soul searching, but I also um, tried to make it even funnier. And the reviews so far, so many people like it even more than they like New Kid. Uh, I just saw a, a YouTube video from Colby Sharp, who is, you know, an amazing ambassador literacy. And he has a video on YouTube and he says that he likes it even better than New Kid. Um, which is great. So, and hopefully book three will be the ending, you know, of the saga, you know? So that's it. So let's see, we have company again. Is mom and dad coming to tell us that we have to get off the phone? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's our job. <clears throat> I am really glad to know there's a third book and I really want to ask questions about Jordan yeah, Alexandra, but I'll wait. <laughs> got it yeah it, it is you know it's really exciting and then after the third book I think it will be time to move on unless the demand is just so outlandish that HarperCollins says yeah okay maybe one more book and then and then we'll see you put that out there yes I am putting it out there in the universe <laughs> as they say but I, I mean I really love the characters and I know them so well that I it's much easier. It's really difficult to create this whole universe. But yeah. like, I know how old Jordan is. I know his mom, his dad, his grandpa, what they do for a living, what his favorite food is, what his favorite color, you know? So when you know right. all of that, it's much easier than having to recreate that all over again for other characters. So. Well, as you see, we're all excited. Another writing prompt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before I do that, um, thank you, Mr. Kraft, so much for coming oh. and for letting me interview you. Absolutely. Uh, it was great to see you again, um, hear you. Uh, and yes, for uh, the writing prompts. Uh, for all the writers at home, think of a time when you were new to a space or where you felt classy. What would your illustrations be? How would you box that story like a graphic novelist? Go ahead, give it a try. Thank you for that, Dredge. You all, it is so hard for Tanya and I to sit back and not talk. I was laughing, I was <laughs> applauding. And you know, one of, the, one of the things that Jerry said is, you know, he would try to go comical 
with New Kid and with Classic. But I remember when I, I read New Kid last summer, and thank you, Jerry, because he gave, I bought a, several copies for our kids and for our teachers, and he autographed every single one. And I picked them up from Stu Leonard's parking lot. It was awesome. Yep, absolutely. But I, when I finally got to after the summer was unwinding and I read it, I think it was about 15 pages in, and I started taking pictures with my phone. And then I started texting you like, yo, this is deep stuff. This oh, is yeah, absolutely. And you wouldn't, and like I was halfway through and you called me. What do you mean? And then we had this great conversation. I was like, I was like, you, you have given one page in one page illustration so much depth and so much, uh, so many things to think about as a reader. And you know, you've helped to blur, you know, visual literacy with textual literacy for me. And you know, and I, I, I want to sit and illustrate you as a bee harvesting ideas in a, in a, in a flower <laughs> garden of, of, of possibilities because. That was one of the most beautiful metaphors I've ever heard. I loved it. Oh, Thank wow. To the show. Great, great, great interview. Yeah, and Deresha, as much as you do on a regular day, you will have so much knowledge and, and just experiences to draw upon that it will be easy for you. Thank you. I really appreciate that, man. You got it. I have to throw in my two cents worth too, Deresha and Jerry. This was such a lovely interview. Um, I enjoyed both of you so much and learning about you and your work. I want to thank you, Jerry, for um, this, this um, helping teachers think about the protagonist desert that, that can exist. Yeah. And um, I really appreciate you putting work out there that, um, that changes that and taking time to talk with us and teachers in our network so that they can have your experience to think with oh, as they build classroom libraries and make choices about books for kids. It's and I just want to share this with you real quick. So this is the actual. Uh, Ooh, yes. yeah. <laughs> so is, is it too much, uh, Brian, if I have it implanted like Tony Stark? Yeah, no, I, no actually, I think gorgeous. that's your superpower. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Either Tony I Stark or the, or the vision. Shoot knowledge out of your chest. <laughs> no, actually, you know what would be cool is the superpowers shoot illustrations to solve problems. Nice. Oh, I, I like, like it. it. I like that. You got another book. You got another book to write. <laughs> yeah, I had my copy of the book on my desk, and as I was listening to you and Dereje talk, I, I um, was looking at it. And since you showed it, I have to remind people what it says because it is well-deserved. I was so pleased when I found out that you had won and a graphic novel had won, but uh, it is given for the most distinguished contribution to American literature for children. Now, I am so glad. Yeah, that still gives me goosebumps when I hear that. On your desk. For, uh, for, for and this is the last nerdy reference, but for a kid that was told in seventh and eighth grade that don't read comics because they will rot your brain and they're not real reading that to grow up to be the kid that makes that comic book that gets an award for being real reading you know it's like bringing balance to the force <laughs> you know uh it's just really uh an honor to have uh to have been you know been able to do that well we um we know the honor is all ours to spend time with you to learn from you and um, to be able to celebrate, let's not forget, because everybody's going to get up from listening to this interview and run to their local bookstore because Class Act drops today. Today. Woo!
And listeners, if you are not part of the National Writing Project, now you know you want to be. So join our Facebook community, go to nwp.org and sign up for our newsletter so you never miss an exciting opportunity like listening to this interview today. Thank you, everyone, uh, and have a great day. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.